welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's bi-weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and co-editor of PW Comics World. Check us out at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am also co-editor of PW Comics World, as well as graphic novel review editor of Publishers Weekly and the editor-in-chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm their podcast producer. This week on More to, More to Come, um, African Ameri- it's African American History Month and Black Writers in Comics. Um, Representative John Lewis, uh, a congressman, a long-serving congressman and um, civil rights legend, uh, goes graphic. Uh, Euro Comics, uh, Angle M Prizes and Comixology. Uh, Digital Comics Prices, PW's Spring Announcement Issue, and uh, the Slate Prizes and News Breaks. Okay. Um, black Writers in Comics. Um, well, first of all, obviously, there was a really great article on the beat that tried to, to deal yeah, with the well, issue. Well, I know, but that was a really just a follow-up to an article on Comics Alliance by Joe Hughes, and um, who is uh, black himself. But he was just pointing out that right now there are no uh, black writers at Marvel or DC, and just pointing out a historical imbalance there. And uh, at the same time, David Brothers, who has his own fourth uh, letter website, is doing a survey of uh, black writers who have written more than one issue of a big two comic. And there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, fifteen. Anyway, about 20 names on the list. And that's like all time. So 20 names on a list, all time yeah. for the big two. That's amazing. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's hard to know what to say. I mean, uh, you know, I spent most of my life in the book publishing industry. Now, there certainly are plenty of black writers, although most um, and people in publishing sort of often wonder about the access. But certainly professionals working in the industry, um, you know, it's never been very good. Yeah. In traditional book publishing. Yeah, it's never been too good anywhere. You know, um, uh, it's better than it was when I started, yeah. but that's like... A hundred years, years ago. ago. I know, Calvin, when you started a hundred years ago. When <laughs> yes, you well, yeah, I think the PW slavery was on your horse. horse. That's you know? right. Oh, that's right. I think I was the horse. Yeah. No, but, um, yeah, where to go? I mean, it's funny. Uh, after I read sort of bits and pieces of all these articles, I started making a quick list of, of all of the black comics creators that I know. I mean, I mean, I, I you know, or know or have heard of. I mean, you can come up with a fairly big list. I mean, obviously, you have people like uh, Professor Bill, who are who have been compiling historical records right. of African American comics creators. You know, it, it really is. I mean, it, it's hard to know what to well, say. Other know, than I, I you know, the industry I, should I, be better. I will say that the industry should do better. I mean, there's definitely quite a few black artists who mm-hmm. are. Um, you know, very well established. Sure, um, I sure. mean, maybe you could say not enough, but I mean, there's certainly quite a few. And, yeah. and I mean, foreign artists as well. I mean, not, I don't want to say African American. There's certainly people from all over sure. the world drawing comics of every race, creed, and color. And as far as the writer, uh, thing goes, of course, a lot of people point at, uh, Dwayne McDuffie, the late Dwayne McDuffie. Sure. But died. he had a really hard time. But he this had year. very, he <laughs> had incredibly, yeah. yeah. being a genius. Yeah. And he was doing animation. Yes. He, well, and when he, right. Uh, and when he, he died. you know, yeah. people point to that and, um, you know, I, I think there really is a, there's some sort of veil. There, you know, superheroes are so special. 
<laughs> for so well, many people. And I, I, I want to point something out, though, that, that just today, point. Axel Alonso, who is himself um, of Latino descent, was on uh, Fox News Latino. And um, he said, you know, Axel, he has a kind of a um, set line about this, but he does address it quite often. And he says that at Marvel, they really do try to have characters who are multiple backgrounds, which they do. Mm -hmm. uh, they have a lot of Latino yeah. characters. They have a lot of black characters. Uh, you know, all the alien races, Skrulls, Kree. Yes, um, yes. But, uh, <laughs> but that's, that's, that's right. As well. right yes. but, Speculative diversity, yes. yes. But he, uh, he says that, that it, it, for Marvel, it is a, a matter of business sense because they know that their readers are come in all different shapes and colors and they want to have characters uh, that are aspirational for many different kinds of readers. And um, Well, that's, of course, well, the standard common yeah. sense, you know, right. explanation for why diversity is a it, good it, idea exactly, for businesses. Exactly, But, um, I mean, I think that it's, it's good because, I, I mean, I know on the other side, DC has definitely made a lot of attempts at this as well. When they launched the new 52, they had been yeah. terrific and... You know, they tried to elevate the cyborg. Uh, they had. Um, they didn't last too long, though. No, yeah. they didn't last <laughs> no, they too did. long. So. Well, what's I mean, what's happening on the independent front? I mean, we're all familiar with you know, incredibly talented people that have right. independent projects going left and right. I mean, from Kyle Baker to Keith Knight to. Oh yeah, you Liz, know, Spike uh, Trotman. Yes, yeah, uh, to Mark Bernadine. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, Who incidentally I mean, had an interesting article on all this. Mm -hmm. His perspective being that he felt that a lot of black people did not find themselves sufficiently reflected in the big name characters as kids over the last, you know, 30 years or something. And stuff that would make a person really emotionally attached to it wasn't there for them. So the amount of fight you have to get into to get into writing comics, the, the drive was just not there because they had not felt themselves represented in the past, perhaps. Right. You know, it is, very few people are called to write comics. It's a very, very, there's probably fewer people doing it at the big two than there are professional basketball players. I always say yeah, that. Yeah, and you're right. It's a very, very high level to get to. And I think what Mark just said is probably true. I mean, you know, unless mm -hmm. you're super driven. Well, um, well, well, but not just that, but yeah. that, you know, history and, plays yeah, in. And the history why and, not. And, yeah, and why you're not. But, but, at the same time, I am working on a follow-up on the beat because I had a comment thread that I asked people, I said, you know, because whenever you see this, someone always says, well, who should be doing this? And so I said, all right, commenters, who should be doing this? And I got a really interesting list of people, uh, of, of black writers and creators who most of them I never heard of, to be honest. And mm -hmm. so I'm doing a follow-up where I'm, you know, posting some images and, and links and stuff mm -hmm. so people can explore this and find out. And, you know, to me, it's like, like, I mean, I, I hope that's the best I can do anyway, and just try to shine more light on this. And I think I, that's really helpful. Yeah, and I mean, I think a lot of times when people don't feel included, uh, they don't feel they have access to all these these means that they have, and, and you know, it's important for those of us who do just to try to, uh, you know, give some, as I, as I said, uh, uh, you know, you, you just stand around and you'd be talking about inclusion doesn't do anything. You have to actually include someone. Well, that's true. And, well, and, you're holding a, a, a candle up in the darkness, and yeah. somebody needs to Well, I was very happy also <laughs> on Facebook. I saw a comment from Jimmy Robinson, who is uh, at Image, a mm -hmm. long-time Image creator, mm -hmm. um, many different books, um, Evil and Malice, um, Bomb Queen, he's best known for. Yes, he has a yeah. new book launching yeah. um, next next month, I believe, and, um, you know, the controversial mm -hmm. Bomb Queen. Yes. But, but he, somebody <laughs> mentioned his name in my, it is what it is. my comment thread, and somebody else said, I had no idea Jimmy Robinson was black. And he well, said on his Facebook page that that was one of the nicest things he'd ever read. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, as 
like a black person myself. Calvin is black. In case, in case no one yes, because this, this is on the podcast, you may not have figured that out by now. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've been surprised when I'm walking the floor at, at Comic-Con, New York Comic-Con, to come across uh, an artist that, whose work I've seen for years in Boeing, right? I mean, or in the past, since apparently none of them are, are working in well, the, mainstream the writers right now. These are some writers, these yeah. are writers here. Nevertheless, I, I've encountered uh, uh, artists, writers and, um, and, and visual artists that I actually did not, right. not did not know right. was black, or well. were black. Um, so, I, you know, obviously, um, you know, we're squirreled away in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> Some places you may not see us, but we're there. Well, I, I, I got an email. I also asked for uh, emails for people who didn't want to use their name. And I did get an email from someone who said, like, you know, most people don't know I'm black. <laughs> and I keep getting work. So I, I'm not going to out him. Right. He said, don't spread it around. Don't spoil a good thing. You know, um, so, yeah, exactly. Well, if I may say, I mean, one of the, one of the more interesting and real things that uh, I, I've been able to do at San Diego Comic-Con, and it's uh, actually was a great Honor was I, I was asked to uh, receive, uh, I think it was the Hall of Fame award for Matt Baker. Right. Um, yep. You know, a very early uh, African American cartoonist. Um, uh, some consider the book he did uh, sort of a, one, arguably one of the first graphic novels. Um, so that actually was very terrific. Um, I mean, this is an issue that's that's obviously not going to go away. Right. Right. And um, nor should it's worth yeah. talking about. Yeah. Yes. And, and, yes. And as someone else said, it's worth talking about other times in Black History Month. Yeah, yes. that's, that's, that's yeah. also that's quite nice true. Kick off, but, um, that's also quite true, so yeah. we, we'll try and do that. Yeah. All right, but uh, while we're on the African-American yes, tip, um, yes. I had the great and good fortune to uh, do a phone interview this week with Representative John Lewis. If you don't know who uh, he is, uh, I'm going to tell you real quick. Um, he is, besides being um, really a, a long-term uh, congressman uh, from Georgia, um, he's also a civil rights veteran. He's really a, an American hero, a great American, a man who put his life on the line multiple times uh, demanding equal rights for all Americans. Uh, he is among um, the, the, the civil rights leaders of the 1960s that, you know, you read about in the, in, in the story past. Um, he, he was a leader along with Martin Luther King, with Whitney Young, with A. Philip Randolph, with James Farmer. Uh, he led a march across um, this famous bridge in Selma, Alabama, during one of the uh, most famous and bloodiest uh, protest marches of the civil rights movement. He was uh, beaten violently and brutally by Alabama State Police, um, uh, demanding voter rights. Uh, he was the chairman of SNCC, the Student Nonviolating Coordinating uh, Committee, an instrumental and powerful and legendary organization. Um, during the civil rights years that galvanized student um, political, direct, nonviolent action throughout the South with sit-ins at public facilities to protest, protest segregation. That long lead-in uh, is really just a measure of my admiration and my delight in getting to interview him about his graphic autobiography, which has been announced before, and in fact was announced, I think, last year at yes. Comic-Con. Yes. But a few more details about it. It's going to be three volumes. Um, the first book will come What's out. What's the title? Uh, it's called March. Right. And let me say, it's it's produced with a member of his staff, Andrew Aiden, uh, and uh, the delightful, fabulous, uh, and more than capable artist, uh, Nate Powell, the award-winning right. Nate Powell, who will do the drawings. Um, and there are some previews floating around on the web if you, if you get curious. Um, but um, I had a chance to talk with him. Uh, he's absolutely del delighted to do it. Um, he credited the book to, to Andrew Aiden, who's co-writing it with him. 
who apparently bugged him about it relentlessly <laughs> uh, until he said, uh, finally, okay. Now he's really into it. Um, he had high praise for Nate's, Nate's artwork. Uh, they decided to go to, uh, they were going to do it as one volume. They decided to go to three volumes because uh, he said we just couldn't figure out what to cut. So uh, really, the, uh, to make a, a delightfully long story short, um, really, uh, this is the kind of nonfiction that I think comics can really, uh, really make a period in history alive again that may be starting to dim. I mean, I grew up in the 1960s. Um, I grew up in the 1960s during the civil rights movement, and even I forget the relationships of some of these leaders. The book will look at all of that, his relationship, uh, and naturally, as any comics project would, it will have, he will have a date in San Diego. <laughs> Not the usual place uh, for a politician to show up, but as it turns out, the mayor of San Diego, uh, Bob Filner, I believe, I hope I'm not mangling that, uh, is indeed a veteran of the civil rights movement, a freedom writer. Awesome. These, these guys, courageous students, an integrated group of students who rode buses through the South to protest and demand um, integration on public transportation. He's the mayor. Uh, he's an old friend of John Lewis's, um, and he says there's going to be a reception for him, and the both of them are going to walk off the floor of the San Diego right. uh, Comic-Con. We have overcome. <laughs> <laughs> we have overcome, man. Yes, uh, we have overcome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, and on that note, We'll move on to your comics. Yes, and well, completely Lim, different comics. And, yes, uh, yes yeah, and, and the comics out. Well, it was a big week last week for uh, Angulam, the biggest comics festival in the uh, Occidental world of comics, with yes. um, approaching 200,000 people showing up. And, uh, you know, this is a wonderful festival, which I dream of someday uh, attending. Me but too. It's, uh, I, it's all, I know, right? You know, it's not <laughs> that expensive to fly to Paris in the winter. So, you know, that's one of the reasons they have it in January, apparently. Uh, but anyway. Okay. So, uh, anyway, there's a bear, but if you look at the pictures on Instagram and on the web, it's, you know, basically people, cartoonists wandering around the streets of a beautiful medieval village and going into <laughs> yes, yeah. art displays of wonderful cartoons. Um, this year's, uh, controversy, uh, because every year a president is chosen, a Grand Prix winner, which is a lifetime award for a cartoonist. Um, last year the winner was Art Spiegelman, the American cartoonist, and that president then serves as uh, that Grand Prix winner that serves as the president of the following year's show and kind of sets the agenda and, and so on. So this year they changed the way that they chose it by both having past winners of this award vote on it, but then opening it up to attending creators and for the first time creating a ballot of potential winners, which included, for the first time, writers and um, manga artists. Uh, and according to a tweet by Louis Trondheim, the much-respected and I remember L'Association and um, a magnificent cartoonist in his own right. Um, he tweeted the final ballot, which actually included Alan Moore, um, let's see, as Alan Moore, Katsuhiro Otomo, uh, Chris Ware, and uh, Akira Toriyama, creator of Dragon Ball Z, and uh, the Dutch cartoonist uh, Willem, who is quite well known, but probably not as well known as the other four people I just named. And Trondheim rather sarcastically tweeted, uh, Academy members vote for the only one they've heard of. Um, so, and I, I, you know, I've been trying to read uh, up on okay. this, but unfortunately, Angoulême coverage is uh, mostly in French. It's so little English language coverage. But apparently, what happened was that most people didn't know that the vote was taking place. Um, it was poorly organized. But 
Toriyama actually got the most votes, but the members of the academy decided did, not to give it to him. Did not want to uh, refuse to honor a manga artist. So, oh, uh, the Yes, but then, so although Willem, I, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. I haven't actually heard it pronounced, but um, will be the president of next year's show. However. Toriyama was given a 40th anniversary special prize, yeah. uh, so hopefully he'll be uh, honored as well. And yeah, this is just but, bias but, against okay. manga. Well, there there's some argument as to whether that counts as a grand prize or not. Right. They are talking about it as if, oh, we gave him this extra grand prize. It's our 40th grand prize. Here, he will be the first manga artist to have gotten a grand prize. But is it really the grand well, prize? Well, it's not really at all, because the president next year is going to be uh, Willem, who yes. is known for his scatological comics, so it's going to be an interesting year. But, uh, you know, I'm, I don't know the ins and outs, and uh, but, a lot of people haven't really touched this in the English language with a 10-foot pole, but, I mean, it is kind of interesting. Well, that we'll touch it with a 10-foot pole. Yes, we will, because we don't know, and, uh, you know, like I have myself have a, have a complicated relationship with the French. Let's put it that way. <laughs> But, um, you know, the French the entire country? Yes, the entire, yes, absolutely. Okay. But they definitely, uh, you know, want to uphold their own tradition. And I think even what Trondheim was talking about, I mean, the reality is manga is huge in Europe. Um, yes. You know, the old tradition of the Franco-Belgian comics uh, is being upended in so many ways. And, I, I mean, it was awesome when Spiegelman won a couple years ago, and a few Americans have have won over the years. But, um, but you, you know, this to... is a b- bigger, wider world. And uh, it would be nice to see. I mean, people are always yes. saying how great Angoulême is, and it is. But uh, you know what? We need to say this is the this is the world of comics. Well, it's a big world of comics, and yeah. it should be a big tent. Certainly, yeah. Well, yeah. well, you do wonder. I mean, it's it's nice that the previous winners get to vote, but for them to be the primary judgment making body, kind of, if you, the same people who you voted for before are voting for the new ones. Will you not get more of what you got before? Well, it's a little bit like the Grammys and the Oscars, where the older Academy members vote for, um, you know, uh, uh, well, Jethro Tull. I mean, you know, but one of these days, the Arcade Fire is going to come along, and and they'll be once they're old. Yes, once they're old, and you know, they'll be Arcade Fire will be playing at the Super Bowl halftime show someday. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, right up there with LCD sound system, and when they're old, of course. But um. <laughs> Anyway, interesting. Yes. We don't. We're just speculating. We don't really. But know it's the worthy of speculation. Yes, absolutely. Well, um, I was intrigued. Yes, and I'm um, the winner of the of the other the best book of the year, Kate. I don't know if you have the list there. But I have the list right here. Blaine and uh, uh, one. Yes, the, there Blaine was. was there actually in the winners, the other prizes. There was quite a few breakthroughs in that uh, the Now of Brown by Glenn Dillon, yes, a book that yes. we have spoken yes, of many times here. Yes. Um, awesome an amazing, book. amazing book uh, that won a prize, mm-hmm. and also. Um, John McNaught of No Brow yes. won, best, won Best Newcomer. He is the oh, first yes. non-French artist to win Best Newcomer. So there obviously is quite an internationalization. Yes. And, and uh, Crazy Cat won the Heritage Prize. Yes. So talk about non-groundbreaking. But and talk about winning once you're awesome. old. Yeah, well, always yes. awesome. Yes. Always yes. awesome. Um, yes. You know, I uh, do feel these wins for um, Self Made Hero and No Brow Press. The English indie press is Killing it. No they brow, really self made hero, conundrum, no blank slate. I mean, these publishers are. Uh, great book. One great book after yeah, another. And I mean, incredible <clears throat> production values. Amazing. It's like mm. I said on the beat, I said, oh no, are the English to take over indie comics the way they took over advertising, chocolate, and pop music? This 
you know, we gotta well, fight back, people. You know, uh, they're like doing their best to save the medium from the digital transition. Because these are these are great books to read, but they're just fabulous books to hold in your hand. Yeah. They're just gorgeous. Yeah. And speaking of the digital transition in Europe, yes. Uh, we will segue on that note to Comicsology, who just uh, it seems to have taken another step in its path toward world domination. Okay. You both got you that, guys. That is not just our take <laughs> on the it's, subject. It's, it's not theirs. Just a joke. They're expanding yeah. into your, uh, They're expanding uh, more aggressively into Europe uh, with a Paris division, apparently. Comicsology Europe, based out of Paris. Ah, that will be handling international language um, content. Uh, that's an, a very interesting breakthrough. I mean, I was uh, fortunate to be able to interview uh, David Steinberger in in Frankfurt, where he was a, a featured speaker, and uh, I think he said that comics are downloaded from about 250 different countries, English language comics, mind you, and also that yeah, I had it down here somewhere. Also that Comicsology was. I believe it was the number one digital comics vendor in France with no French language comics content. And in the top five in Spain and Italy and a bunch of other countries mm-hmm. in Europe. Wow. It speaks at one level to the power and the reach of English language content sure. around the world and the ease of distributing it in the digital age. Right. But it also shows that there's a huge, huge market out here for a digital vendor uh, as slick as Comixology if they can handle um, um, foreign language com- comics. Yes. At, the, at Frankfurt, I asked him about it, and he said they were thinking about it, but I, apparently they thought quite a bit. They thought about it, and they, their first uh, deal was announced at Angola. They signed a deal with Delcor, which is uh-huh. one of the biggest publishers cool. in France, um, which also owns a lot of the Soleil comics. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're going to uh, foreign language digital comics, and, uh, you know, good for comicsology. Yes, and, absolutely. Uh, they have released a statement that this is the first step in becoming a worldwide multilingual international platform for digital comics. I heard that. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, this is part of their plot to take over the world. Not that we mind. That's Um, all right. um, Speaking of digital comics also, we have on the uh, Publishers Weekly website a story uh, that's called Digital Comics Are Getting Cheaper uh, by our own Todd Allen, which is a little bit hard perhaps to summarize uh, (laughs) talking about it. He has a chart. But anyway, basically he went in and looked at what five representative graphic novel, more than five, are being sold at at yeah. all the different platforms. And, you know, it is very confusing out there. People have exclusives on yeah. this platform and that platform, and you can buy periodicals through this on one, Adamaxology uh, on one platform, yeah. but only through the iBookstore on another. I can't even remember. Yeah, but anyway, the bottom line was a lot of them are, you could get them pretty cheap in a digital format it's, if you shop around. The basic takeaway is that shop around. Most digital yeah. comics yes. are, you can probably get them for about 50% shop up, shop up, shop of what you pay for the print version. <laughs> um, uh, but the prices are all over the place. Everything from $20, yeah, you know, to like, Free, yeah, <laughs> or you know, I'm really two ninety nine. Yeah. So uh, go to publishersweekly.com/slash/comics, and you'll find this. Uh, digital comics are getting story. cheaper. It's a fascinating story, but you know, the the moral of the story is they're cheaper <laughs> than comics. Uh, reading comics now is cheaper than it's ever been. Yes, that the entry point is way cheaper. So uh, um, get your tablet ready. And also speaking of Publishers Weekly, um, a couple weeks ago we had our announcements issue. Yes, major spring, spring announcements, announcement issues. And it's now available get the, online. Get thee to um, publishersweekly.com slash comics. <laughs> and uh, compiled by the fabulous uh, Heidi McDonald. 
and really, uh, really just a, once again, another year with it, just a great selection of comics. Yeah, it was very exciting. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I felt like maybe this year's uh, for the first six months, maybe not quite as spectacularly blockbusting as last year, but there's just so much good work of over a certain level of quality that's just, you know, astonishing. And, um, and this is just the spring. This There's is just more spring. I, I said the two biggest <laughs> books of the year aren't even coming until the second half, right. which is the new books by Brian Lee O'Malley and Paul Pope. Um, oh, so yes. Those are huge. But um, uh, books that... Uh, That's our top ten. I really had a very them? arbitrary almost. It was so hard to choose. But um, a new book by Tayo Matsumoto, yes. Sunny, is coming yes. from Viz. Um, Gilbert Hernandez with his first graphic novel from Brown Farley, Marble Season, uh, which is semi-autobiographical, really touching. Uh, book Dash Shaw mm -hmm. is back with uh, New School, which is really insane. You found a theme in the I did find. Well, a lot of these books are about kids uh, and, and you know childhood memories. Mm -hmm. um, the Property by Ruchu Modena. Uh, this is probably my personal favorite of all the books. It's, I love her writing. It's so yeah. literary. And her colors also. Yeah, but her, just her storytelling is yeah, so, it's so incredible. And no, this is a book about um, a an old woman who goes back to Warsaw to try to collect, get some property that she had. And it's all about the post-war and like what people did when they were kids and what they're doing now. And her granddaughter goes with her and she gets involved with a cartoonist who might be have sinister motives. That's incredible, incredible book. I'm loving it already. Um, um, My Dirty Dumb Eyes by Lisa Hanawalt, uh, who's just one of the funniest cartoonists out there. Yeah, I gotta um, see her. I've seen images of I haven't really read, but oh, I'm, well, I'm mesmerized by her drawings. We'll read it soon. Yeah. Um, then very casual, a collection of Michael DeForge, who's you know the uh, Tyro young cartoonist of yes, the future exactly. from Koyama Press. Um, a Primates, The Fearless Science of Jane Goodall, Diane Fossey, and Barute Galdakis by Gemma Taviani and Maris Wick. You know, who doesn't love monkeys? Who does not love the three wonderful women who went out there and studied? They're not monkeys, they're apes, I know that. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the three incredible women, and this book by Gemma Taviani, who's really Great done so stuff. much Great. to make science accessible yes. through his graphic novels. So this is another one um, I really aspiring story. And hey, if the common theory that all you need to do to increase your sales is to put an ape or monkey on the cover, this will this sell. sell. It's like all about that. It should sell all like about that. <laughs> um, another personal favorite of mine, um, How to Fake a Moon Landing, Exposing the Mist of Science Denial by Daryl Cunningham. Uh, this book did come out in England already from yeah. one of those uh, publishers, but um, it's, it's coming here. It's it's very accessible. Um, yeah, science, I started reading science, it too. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's like just, Mythbusters yeah, goes Myth graphic. Busters, yeah, 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 totally, and, and just very informative books. Yes, um, great then, style, very yeah, funny. And then rounding up the list, we have two superhero books: um, Batman, The City of Owls, which is the continuing Scott yes. Snyder and Greg Capullo's the superhero it book of the moment, and mm -hmm. um, then the other book. Kind of the other superhero book from Marvel's mm -hmm. Hawkeye, a collection of the books yes. by Matt Fraction and David Asia Javier Pulido, which is kind of setting Marvel, the pace at Marvel. But, you know, we have 60 books listed here. Um, uh, I have vetted this list, me and my trusty staff, um, gone over it at great, uh, it took a long time. Anyway, there's just some great books coming out. Some books that I didn't get to do on the top 10. Um, a collection of John Kay's Spumco comic book from IDW, um, Templar cool. by Jordan Mechner coming out for the first second. Um, Fantagraphics has a new Percy Bloom book by Kathy Buckeasy, new books by Jason, new books by Jim Woodring, uh, The Return of Graham Chaffee, um, and a really, really cool. amazing book. Uh, gosh, what isn't coming out? Really I, I, cool. you know, this is, oh. Actually, you know what I'm interested in? 
Army of Guard, Joseph Coney's War in Central Africa, but by David Ask and Tim Hamilton. Yep, that's another excellent nonfiction Serious book. Serious nonfiction. Yeah. Um, two more books I just want to mention, just to show um, Dark Horse is kind of, you know, they're kind of back at it. And uh, number one bestseller this week. Yes, with, uh, yes, your, yes. The Legend of, um, yeah, but, of um, they have two collections of two of the newer series, Mind Management by Matt Kent, which has already been optioned by Ridley Scott's production company. Not that that means anything, but it's nice to see you can get some attention. Mm -hmm. And The Massive by Brian Wood and Kristen Donaldson, which is a really great um, mm -hmm. apocalyptic fiction story. So, anyway, books cool. we will be talking more about, more to come. Yeah, on absolutely, those. absolutely. And is it time for the brief? Oh, it's wait, no, one more thing. Oh, wait, one, more, one thing. more thing. One more item. Here there is a new prize coming out. Because there are not enough comic prizes in the universe. <laughs> not that we ever mind seeing another yeah, one. Bring them on. And the Center for Cartoon Studies and Slate Magazine have teamed up to create a new prize, the Cartoonist Studio Prize, which will have two divisions, graphic novels and webcomics. Each will win $1,000. The judges are Slate's Dan Coyce, the CCS faculty and students, and this year's guest judge, Francois Mouly. Okay. The prizes will be awarded on March 1st. Yep, Nominees not... include Lily Carre, uh, XKCD, and Chris Ware. Other people who are all excellent. It's yes. Embarrassment of all people we love. Okay, and now it's time for the briefs. Speaking of people we love, Art Balthazar of Tiny Titans and Superman Family Adventures, the beloved but canceled DC Children's Series, went to Kickstarter and had great success with his new comic, Aw Yeah Comics, a creator-owned comic originally meant to run for six creator-owned child-friendly issues. But they raised their $15,000 goal within hours. And at this moment, with 27 days to go, they are at almost $27,000. And they have stated over Twitter that if they can raise enough money, they will expand their issue order to 12 issues. It's Kickstarter's world. We just pledge in it. Yeah, although, you know, I, Rich Johnson at Bleeding Quill did have a, an unusually informative article the other day about some of the most prominent Kickstarters are still out there in well. um, <laughs> mystery land, you know, yeah. and some people are not keeping their supporters updated, and others have, and others updated after yeah. Rich pointed out that they weren't updating them. So <laughs> um, I, I do, I know we've touched on this many times, but I, I wonder if there will become Kickstarter fatigue yeah, at some yes, point over, you know, like... Like, uh, I mean, I'll say it right now. Cartoonists are not the most organized people in the world. Well, I, I have to admit, and maybe I'm wrong on this, because I've got a couple of um, pledges out that I haven't seen anything from either. Um, they will remain nameless. But, um, you know, I get an email from them every now and then. Um, but I think, you know, you kind of know the job is dangerous when you signed up for it. Uh, and I think there's so much, I mean, there's so much goodwill in certain aspects of the crowd funding phenomenon. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're really supporting these people. It's a, and it's once again, it's an, an act of faith in these people's talent. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's, we're, you know, maybe the comics community is actually showing an, an awful a level of patience mm -hmm. that perhaps they don't generally show uh, with, um, you know, people who don't sort of meet their expectations yeah. right away. Well, we haven't seen it. I mean, there's been isolated. Maybe they will else. start. Maybe there will be a revolt if, yeah. you know, people don't get their premiums. But on the other hand, I mean... Comics sometimes take a while to germinate. Yeah, absolutely. Things sometimes take longer than you think, but that doesn't mean it's necessarily caught in development hell forever, as the and Paul Pope 
And one yeah. of the problems, of course, is this: is if you raise all of this money, you become a fulfillment house for all these tchotchkes that you have to deliver. Yeah, yeah right. And, and I, it's not a small amount of stuff. No, I saw a headline that I wanted to read, but I did not have time for today, which is called, Is it okay to use Kickstarter to raise money? And, you know, and, <laughs> what? And, well, no, no, to, to make money. To, to make, make money, money. Because, oh, okay. <laughs> because a lot of times, like even with this all Baltazar thing, that, you know, the, uh, Franco um, with all your comics, it's like, oh, well, we get more money. Well, then we're going to add foil, you know, and then we're going to make <laughs> yes, an yeah. extra, yeah. you know, hardcover edition, and we'll we'll add, you know, we add and just keep the money. Yeah, and I mean, gosh, I guess I'm old fashioned because I would just be like, you know, maybe Yay you guys, money. maybe you guys like me, maybe you want me to eat food, okay? It's like if you spend twenty dollars, I will eat a hamburger. You know, and like once a week, I will go and eat like sushi. You know, I mean that would not work. It but probably I mean, would work, but uh, I think they might have guidelines against that sort of thing. Yes, but, you know, they do. Not. They do. But, I, but yes, they don't have issues though against you. Just well, it's interesting what money. happened when um, there was an effort to create a sort of uh, retailer premium. Right. Uh, and they started. They, like they didn't like it. They stepped in. Now they. You they you can do something similar, but it's limited the number of, number of copies that you can offer. So, I mean, they walk a, a, a fine line between what this the potential of this 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 platform is to to fund projects and what could sort of veer off into like well you know a Ponzi scheme, I guess. Right. <laughs> but you know, it could be interesting to see if someone well, or several people spring up out there as Kickstarter fulfillment houses that you know they make they say you know hey you've got a Kickstarter. Right. You have these products you want to sell out, send out. Do you want us to take care of yeah. fulfillment? Yeah, there are. You're, you're, it's a good point. Yeah, there are, these these things are cropping up. People are cropping up who all see themselves as a business, as a middleman to, to help out. Yeah. yeah, artists who maybe so don't want to spend the future, forty hours you would sort of factor them into your fundraising. Yeah, well, of course. You know, you know, the, uh, you know. And, I think X dollars, and handling. Hey, X dollars one for of the, the premium one, fulfillment. Right, that was mentioned was one of the products, and I don't remember specifically which one it was, but uh, basically they had forgotten to factor in foreign shipping. And, oh. you know, so now it's like, uh, you know, yeah. problematic. Figure, Most yeah. people are careful these days. I notice when I look at the, yes, you know, the premiums, they say no yes. foreign shipping. Yeah. yeah. Or the extra $15. Yeah, or you've got to, yeah, so you've got to yeah, cough up the money, money if you want to. Anyway, I mean, it's anyway. all developing, and, um, you know, it's part of, part of society. Yes. It's here, here to stay. Absolutely. Speaking of things that are part of society and here to stay, San Diego Comic Con. 2013 <laughs> San Diego Comic Con badges will go on sale to the general public at 9 a.m. Pacific on February 16th. So, uh, you'd better be glued to your computer if you want to get those tickets. Well, that's interesting because I've already freaked out about my press passes about twenty times already. So uh, that's uh, finally there's something involved with San Diego that I don't have to freak out about. <laughs> Always good. This is something we can just sit back, yes. enjoy, yeah, get back. yeah. So look, watch other people freak uh, out, read the tweets. Yeah, but believe me, I'll be freaking out again before yes. it's all over. Oh God! But um, bring bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> and on a previous note, on things that may or may not be considered Ponzi schemes by the skeptical. Radical Studios has raised $3 million for, um, uh, quote unquote, broadening digital strategy and licensing capabilities. They actually want $9 million. 
but um, they'll have to well, settle for three. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, talk do you about interesting the description making, of the rights that they're uh, actually yeah. exploiting? This is a little well, yeah. what's interesting, because they, Radical does have its first movie coming out, Oblivion, mm-hmm. uh, directed by Joseph Kaczynski, and um, starring Tom Cruise, I believe. Mm-hmm. And yes. uh, the book, and yet the book that it's based on is not actually going to be published. No. So, interesting. 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 Really interesting, yeah. As I read in the description of what they're doing with the money, it, you know, it wasn't quite what I expected. You know, they they have the rights to some sort of ancillary presentation rights mm-hmm. about their properties. Since Hollywood, I guess, sort of like snarks up all of the oxygen. Yeah. Uh, I think what it means room. is apps. Yeah, <laughs> yes. It's, and it has to be non-game, yeah. apparently. But they are some way that they can have to have, allow people to interact with their content. Yeah, well, yeah. In some good way. luck with that. Yeah, so anyway, good for them. Three minutes. Speaking uh, of things that people find moderately confusing. It's WTF month at DC. No, that's not my title for it. That's what no, they're calling it themselves. that's my response to it. That's the response of many. Um, perhaps in the spirit of April Fool's Day, DC Comics has announced that all of their April mainstream titles will bear the cover stamp WTF certified. And the comics are promised to be shocking. Editor-in-chief Rob Harris says they will be page-fold covers. The covers will tell you a story. There will be an image that will crack the page fold, and when you open the cover, you will say, oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yes. Wow. Given the profane nature and negative connotation of the acronym, <laughs> fans and industry insiders have been shocked and skeptical about the WTF Month initiative. So I guess it was a success. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't Why know. Why would you call something WTF if you didn't want to, like... But you do wonder if the people, people doing this like really ever bothered. use the phrase WTF and are aware of the conversation. I've never heard anyone really say positive. it before, to be honest. Like, I usually say, what the fuck? Um, yeah. Well, I've said WTF when, when I'm around delicate yeah. sensibilities. Yeah. 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 Of course, um, that wouldn't include you two. Hmm. <laughs> but uh, it's the first time I've heard it sort of branded. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you've not in such a mainstream context. Well, you know, that just as we just at press time as we were coming here to we start recording this, um a new announcement of like six more cancellations at DC came and new writer switches and new changes. Mm. Change, 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 yeah. change, change. And as I put uh The skeptical might say this might be a diversion tactic. Well, look over here, WTF. Well I don't even think it's diversion. I think it's just, you know, thriving on change. I think change, uh, thriving on change. And as I tweeted, I mean, has anyone been fired from Marvel now yet? Crickets. <laughs> I, 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 honestly, I can't say that I ever know a whole lot about what's going on at Marvel, so I'm not going to claim that right. I know who's getting fired Well, if now. they have, they've managed to keep it under wraps, let's put it that way. Or not as uh, secretive. So anyway, mm-hmm. I, you know, I... I try not to be too judgmental because you know everybody's just out there trying to sell comics yeah. and make a living. It's just you an know, interesting. But, but I do feel that in years to come, people will look back on what the Hong Kong month and say that was really stupid. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that just happens. Like, Could be. Like there was a month when DC did JLA, okay, and yeah. there were some really great covers by Art Adams. Yeah. But people generally look back on that and laugh. And, um, you know, there was the new universe. People think that was stupid. So, when the, you know, people look back at certain things and think they were stupid. Much and like, I, you know, if pouches I were, strapped to legs of characters for no reason. History will be our judge. Yes, well, we'll see. Yes. We'll see in ten years and you know, when right. we gather yes. back here and look back this on it. It's always a little questionable when people flow. bring their own punchline along accidentally, like, on the cover. I mean, you can't even write a joke about it. They wrote it themselves. Yeah. 
It is indeed WTF month, DC. It well, is indeed. Well, it's like, as somebody said, they're going to follow it up. If it's a success, we'll have OMG month. Yeah, right. And yeah, LOL right. month. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah, right there. Like, yeah. Yeah. M-I-L-F month. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, um, a friend of mine said, you know, you wonder if they came up with something to at least fake as the excuse for what WTF stands for. Like, so that if any grandmas or small children ask, you can say, oh, it stands for... What the for... fudge? Yeah. yeah. What the fudge? Okay, that's it. All right, well, there's our two weeks full of, uh, of, of comics of content. Comics content. So, um, you know, I'm sure they'll be. We never run out. No, we don't. Because there's always more to come. Yeah. More to yeah. come. <laughs>